0: Hello, you are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Isometry by Syntax6 on Omniscribe. Rating Explicit. Chapter 2 Only when he sat still long enough to hear the thoughts in his head did Mulder acknowledge the irony of his situation. Here he was, his main skill, his gift of intuition, honed through years of practice to a laser-sharp power of observation. And now, Scully had rendered him blind. He had become a kind of Mr. Magoo, bumbling around with his too-loud narrative and his too-bright enthusiasm. Why, no, he hadn't seen the pill bottle come out three times in one day. Half-finished lunch? Missed that one, too. Head down, distracted by papers talking to the ceiling as she dabbed her nose. He'd mastered the art of looking the other way. Except like now, when he had no other place to look. Their flight from New York was half empty, and he'd already memorized the blue and gold diamond pattern on the seat in front of him. Scully had the window, but she wasn't using it. She'd been asleep since they were airborne, and hadn't so much as twitched since then. As often as he teased her about her ability to sleep anywhere, It wasn't like her to conk out so dramatically at four on a Thursday afternoon. The sun streaming in caught the edge of her red-gold lashes. He walked his fingers across the empty seat between them, until he met her limp hand. Gently, he brushed the papery skin that covered her fine bones. She curled her fingers around him like an infant would, but did not stir. He let her hold him until the plane began its descent. Hey, he said tapping the center of her palm. Scully, we're here. She sat up with a jerk, pulling her hand away. Hmm? Home sweet home. She blinked. I always forgot how short this flight is, she said, as she checked her watch. It helps when you're unconscious. Beats the in-flight magazine, she countered, not taking the bait. He pulled a magazine out and waved it in her direction. Hey, there's some quality merchandise in here. I purchased an electric toothbrush and a knife that can cut through diamonds. She didn't even give him a token smile, instead fussing with her lap belt. He did an excellent job of not noticing when she cinched it a notch tighter. It's a good thing that the storm held off, she said a minute later. Now you won't miss your lecture tomorrow. And you won't miss your, um, appointment. He tested the waters, using their greed-upon opaque language. He had no idea what sort of poking or prodding she endured at the hospital, and Scully seemed to prefer it that way. I could have easily rescheduled, was all she said. End of discussion. A part of him unclenched in relief. What she didn't tell him, he didn't have to know. The plane touched down, and they did their commuter shuffle down the ramp with the rest of the weary travelers. Mulder wondered how it was that the fast food kiosks and concession stands always seemed more welcoming in National Airport. That's when you know you've done too much traveling, he thought grimly. Joe's hot dogs starts to look like home. Hey, Scully, you want to grab something to eat? She did a double take at the hot dog stand. Now? No, on the way home. We could get a pizza or something. A pizza. The frowny lines appeared between her eyebrows, and he regretted his offer. No, Mulder, I don't think so. I have a lot of work to do tonight. He rubbed his eyes with a tired hand. Fine, then I'll just drop you off. I'll take a cab. Scully, it's out of your way. I don't mind. I do. She grabbed her bag from the luggage carousel. Hers always seemed to come off the plane first. He watched her maneuver it with ease lifting it high and down in one smooth motion. Good luck with your lecture, she said. I'll see you on Monday. His battered bag clunked down onto the carousel, and a crush of people surrounded him to meet the latest batch. By the time he retrieved his luggage, Scully had disappeared into the crowd. Mulder ducked his head. Yeah, he said. See you. Somewhere along the line, his door had developed a haunted house creak. It shuddered as he yanked his key free. He yielded with a groan, leaving him staring down the dark mouth of his apartment. He kicked his bag with enough force to nudge it over the threshold and flung his keys in the direction of the coffee table. They missed. Flickering the nearest light switch, he ambled over to the fish tank, still in his overcoat. Hey guys, he said, as he tapped the glass. Everyone still alive in there? They swished to and fro, mouths moving in silent clamor, as they raced each other to the bobbling top. I solved the case, he told him, while he sprinkled in some food. Maud paused to give him the fisheye, but Harold kept right on chowing. Mulder replaced the lid and shrugged off his coat. No sooner had he tossed it aside when his phone rang, forcing him to pick up the coat again to dig the phone from his pocket. The glowing numbers were not Scully's. Hello? Hello, is this Agent Mulder? It's Miranda Westfall calling. The lecture, right. Professor, hi, he said, sinking down onto the couch. His bones gave a creak that would match his door. What can I do for you? I didn't catch you at a bad time, did I? A bad time, Mulder thought. That was one way to describe his life these days. No, it's fine. I just got in. Oh, I tried you at the office, and they said you were out in the field. I don't mean to trouble you. It's no trouble. But I wanted to see if you were still able to lecture tomorrow. Of course. He forced some animation into his voice. I'm looking forward to it. So are we. I mentioned the possibility of the man-eating flukeworm, and the students were all very excited. Mulder allowed himself a small smile. That's because they didn't have to roll around in the sewer with it. You're kidding. I wish. Listen, I'm glad they're excited— I'll be sure to start with that, then. Terrific, she paused. Her voice took on a hint of teasing. So you're back from another case. Should I be looking for you and Agent Scully in the post tomorrow? No, you can skip the fine print this time. We were in New York, working a series of murders in a Hasidic Jewish community. Somehow, I don't think that's likely to make the news on Capitol Hill. Ouch. Sounds like a hard case. Was it not by x file standards. It hadn't been, but that didn't explain the strange ache that plagued him still. He and Scully escaped unscathed this time, so why did he feel as though someone had wrung out his insides like a sponge? Revenge murder with a twist, he said eventually. The twist being that the original murder victim was the one exacting the revenge. Professor Westfall didn't even blink. Ghost? Gollum. Oh, I've read about that, she said. And not just in the Jewish texts, there's a long tradition in many religions of those kinds of myths, where someone is brought back out of love, only to have things go terribly wrong. Today, these stories survive as bad TV movies and Stephen King novels, but they're still with us. Mulder actually pulled his phone from his ear to stare at it for a second. So you believe in this sort of thing? Well, it does sound incredible, and I've always taken these tales as more of metaphor than fact but I suppose it makes sense in a way, she mused. If you post it, the existence of a soul, a spirit without form, then the opposite should exist as well. Not everyone posts it the same way you do. She laughed. I learned that a long time ago, Agent Mulder. Someone keyed the words hippie freak into my car a couple of months ago. The campus police investigated the students, but frankly, I suspect it was a member of faculty. Really? Let's face it. No one in the 18 to 22 age bracket uses the words hippie. He grinned, point taken. And I was hired into a tenure track position against a few strenuous objections from people outside the department, but I'm hoping my large enrollment and positive evaluations will vindicate me in the end. So I'm a rating stunt, that's what you're saying. Let's just say that tomorrow I expect unusually high attendance for a Friday afternoon class. Uh Uh-huh. It all becomes clear. Not really, she protested through more laughter. It's not hard to get them in the seats. This material has the same resonance for them as it would for anyone. Take your golem, for example. Who hasn't wished they could bring back a lost loved one just through sheer force of will? Anyone who has mourned a grandparent, a friend, or even a pet can identify with that. Yes, he sat up and let his eyes wander around his shadowed apartment. You sound like you speak from experience. Of course, she answered softly. Even hippie freaks are human, you know. You're telling me you don't know the feeling? Like a genie, her words conjured it up again. A slithery smoke that started in the pit of his stomach. The constriction of terror on it squeezed him from the inside out. Every night, the same fevered dream and the chant that never left his mind. Bring her back. Bring her back. Anything. I'll do anything. No more teasing, no more taunts. I will not do anything wrong ever again, written to fill a thousand pages. Starlight, star bright, I wish I may, I wish I might. Uh, of course, he said, groping for words like a man in quicksand. I know. Except, except in my case it didn't work. Until it did, the hiss continued, about twenty years later. No, he muttered. Excuse me? Nothing, he said. Nothing. He stood up and walked around his coffee table. I'm sorry, I should go. Of course. Tomorrow, then. Tomorrow. He clicked off the phone and tossed it onto the couch, continuing his aimless pacing. It wasn't the same at all, he reasoned. Not at all. Anything. Anything at all. Middle-of-the-night promises made on tear-stained sheets. Begging. Bargaining. Shouting into the wind. Starlight. Star bright. Is anybody listening? three months later there she was again taped up and reassembled rough around the edges but just about the same right close enough for sure be careful what you wish for scully sat up in her hospital bed concentrating on smoothing out all the wrinkles from the blankets around her it was softer than the ones she was used to from her visits over the years made especially for patients whose skin might be worn thin from toxic drugs and dried out from radiation. She had studied all the treatments from the instant she'd been diagnosed, but no printed words could capture the reality of being cooked from the inside out. No one had mentioned the fact that your body could become so conditioned to the dizziness and nausea that it started sending them along earlier, just at the sight of the pale blue hallways or the wispy feeling of the cotton gown against your skin. Knock, knock, a woman called on the other side of the door. Scully drew her knees up to her chest, undoing all her hard work, eliminating the wrinkles. Come in. Her oncologist, Vanessa Alton, entered the room, carrying a clipboard in her hand. She was a willowy woman, with quick, dark eyes and high cheekbones, that suggested her Messiah ancestry. Scully knew from overheard talk in the waiting room that some people did not like Dr. Alton's bedside manner. She's a little... Fierce for me, one woman had confided, when Scully mentioned Alton was her oncologist. It's almost like she's going to war. Exactly, Scully had thought, and in a war, she wanted Dr. Vanessa Alton on her side. Good afternoon, Dr. Alton said, as she dragged a stool over to the bed. How are you doing today? Okay. Dr. Alton scanned the information that the nurse had jotted down earlier. Blood pressure is good, and he knows bleeds this week. no. Great, Dr. Alton looked up. How about at work? How are you holding up there? Scully felt herself flush as she remembered her hasty retreat from the airport last night. She'd poured herself into a cab and managed to give her address before passing out again. The poor driver had to shake her awake at her apartment stop. I'm all right. When Dr. Alton looked skeptical, Scully straightened herself and tried to sound a little more convincing. Really, it's going okay. I'm just a little tired. Dr. Alton glanced at her records again. You've lost another three pounds, she said. Not unkindly. No wonder you're tired. Just the thought of food made Scully's stomach pit and roll. I eat. You need to eat more. Is it the nausea? That's a problem? Not. Not usually. How to explain the extreme exhaustion she faced every night. It took every ounce of energy she had to complete a day at work and heading into the kitchen to slice and dice when she got home was just more than she could handle. Dr. Alton was still watching her, apparently waiting for elaboration. I eat, Scully repeated. I'm just not very hungry these days. Understandable, but it's important to keep your strength up. Try eating smaller portions more often, okay? Send an alarm to remind you if you need. And here's another tip. Share meals with others when you can, she smiled. We tend to eat more when we have company. Scully dropped her gaze. Okay, thanks. Now about the pain meds. Janet wrote that you need a refill already. Maybe we should try something else if these aren't getting it done for you. They're fine. Dana. Dr. Alton touched her arm. Scully looked up reluctantly. Stronger meds meant stronger side effects. How long before she had to quit working? How long until they just switched to morphine and let her die? You can lie to yourself if you want, Dr. Alton said. But if you lie to me, I can't help you. Scully hesitated. She hugged her knees. Okay, she said. What else have you got? All the murmuring ceased as Mulder entered the classroom in front of Miranda Westfall. He halted under the power of 60 pairs of curious eyes and leaned backwards to whisper. These are college kids. They look like they should be at home watching Sesame Street. She patted him on the shoulder. I know, it's terrible. What's worse is that they look younger every year. Here, let me set those up for you. She took his slides from him and went to the projector booth at the back of the small auditorium. Class, this is Agent Fox Mulder from the X-Files Division of the FBI. Mulder raised his hand in acknowledgement. He backed up until he felt the lectern hit him from behind. The class snickered. Hey, everyone. It's, uh, nice to be here. Been a long time since I was in a college class. Do you have to go to a special college to be in the FBI? One girl called out. No, you can go to college anywhere. The FBI Academy will train you once you graduate. Does the FBI really investigate ghosts? Another girl asked. The skinny boy sitting next to her gave her a swift elbow. Not ghosts. Aliens. Mulder shifted his weight from one foot to the other hands in his pockets. Well, actually, we do a little bit of everything. The X-Files unit was created to investigate cases in which traditional techniques had failed to provide any answers. Like ghosts, the girl said with satisfaction. Exactly. At that point, Professor Westfall got the projector working and a faint picture of the giant flukeworm appeared on the screen behind him. Instead of me telling you what we do, Mulder said, why don't I show you? The lights dimmed. This is a photo taken about three years ago. Initially, it wasn't an X file at all. We were responding to reports of a creature, perhaps an alligator, that was attacking sewer workers in New Jersey. As you can see, what we found was anything but an alligator. He looked out at a sea of scrunched faces, staring at the screen. Some of them had tilted their heads to the side, Bites on the victims revealed the marks consistent with the worm, only much, much larger. But it's got human eyes, said one student. It had a lot of human characteristics, Mulder agreed. We hypothesized it might have been some kind of hybrid. A hand shot up from the front row. Mulder squinted around the projector light and saw a petite girl with black hair cut short in a perfect straight line. She regarded him from behind large, owlish glasses. Did you do genetic typing, she asked. Uh, no, we didn't get a chance. It was being transported for further testing when it escaped. There was a collective gasp from the class, but the girl in the front row was unfazed. If you didn't do any genetic testing, then you can't say for sure it was a hybrid. Mulder dropped his chin to concede her point. No, we can't say that for sure, but our best guess is that the mutant was the result of the Chernobyl disaster since the incident report suggests its origins were in the Russian Sea. But radiation shouldn't cause DNA from one creature to combine with another, the girl said. It simply mutates the DNA within a single specimen. Gina, someone from the back groaned, give it a rest already. I don't mind, said Mulder. We don't have that much experience with the levels of radiation seen in the Chernobyl accident so we don't really know the extent of the damage that can occur. And wouldn't you allow it's possible, given how genetically similar all carbon-based organisms are, that DNA mutation within one creature could cause it to resemble something else entirely, something genetically related. Gina frowned. I suppose it's possible. Mulder nodded with satisfaction and hit the button for the next slide. Now this one. But a man and a flukeworm aren't that genetically related. Gina, the class yelled. Maybe you should save more questions on the subject for after Agent Mulder has finished, Professor Westfall said. Gina folded her arms over her chest and said nothing. Mulder turned back to the screen, hiding a smile. The slide here is from a hotel room where the occupant mysteriously vanished. All we found was ash-like print you can see there on the floor spontaneous human combustion one of the boys said cool well sort of yes Mulder said turning back to the class what we found was he stopped when he saw gina's hand in the air yes gina there doesn't seem to be anything there but a large dark stain it could be ash from anything or even ink did you analyze the sample for human remains as a matter of fact we did We analyzed several samples, and all were consistent with the residue of burned human flesh. I don't suppose you had them tested for an accelerant, too? I suppose we did. None found. Perhaps the victim was an alcoholic, with a high enough blood alcohol content, perhaps. Gina! Everyone around her hollered in unison. Mulder just laughed. No, she's right, he told the class, feeling lighter than he had in months. It's important to ask questions. Let's see how many of them I can answer, okay? Scully paused for breath before putting on her sweater. The treatment was over, but the agony was just beginning. Her skin felt like a blanket of lead weighing her down. Dr. Alton entered. Hey, you made it through another round. Good for you. When do we see if it's working? Scully sat gingerly on the edge of the bed. We'll do another scan next month to assess any progress. Right now, it's still too soon to tell. She gave Scully a concerned frown. You look awfully pale, Dana. How are you getting home? Taxi, she thought. It was probably already waiting outside. Uh, my mom is meeting me downstairs. You want me to go get her? Have her help you out. Dr. Alton was already turning to leave. No, no, I'm fine. I'll just meet her in the lobby. Okay, then. Call me if you have any questions. Otherwise... I'll see you in two weeks. Scully nodded, forcing herself to pay attention to the other woman's words. They seemed slowed down in her head, like playing a record at half speed. She bid goodbye to Dr. Alton and was relieved when the elevator was blessedly empty and silent. She leaned against the cool wood paneling, waiting for the ding to signal her to move again. Outside, it was drizzling, but her taxi sat idling with its heater running. She climbed inside and gave her address. The leathery smell of the interior made her stomach clench, and for a few minutes, she had to concentrate on not being sick. At least the feeling subsided. Closing her eyes, she rested, listening to the car swoosh past on the wet street. Fantastic, Professor Westfall was beaming at him, and Mulder found himself grinning back. It wasn't often someone looked at him with such naked appreciation. It went okay. He asked her as the students filled out around them. It was great. She grabbed his hand and squeezed. Thank you so much for doing this. I really enjoyed it. And I know the students did too. It was fun. The word tasted strange on his tongue, like an underripe berry. Sorry about the rough time Gina gave you. I should have mentioned that she's a live wire. Mulder glanced over at the small body loading giant textbooks into her backpack. She paused to push her glasses up her nose. He caught her eye and smiled. It's okay, he said, turning back to Professor Westfall. I like her. I do too. She keeps me honest. Listen, I have a couple of quick things to do around here, and then I owe you dinner. You want dressed-up Italian or slightly grungy pub? Grunge sounds great. My kind of man. Come on, I'll show you around the department. Scully let herself into her apartment and shrugged off her coat. When it slid from the hook and crumpled to the floor, she gave it a long, baleful glance, but decided to leave it there. The energy required to bend down and pick it up might be all she had left in her. She used it to walk to the bedroom, where the shades were still drawn from the night before. Or was it the night before that? She took off her shoes and climbed under the covers. The room spun around for several nauseating seconds. She kept her head still as she reached for the phone. Hi, Mom, she said a minute later. Yes, I'm home. It went fine. Yes, yes. I'll eat in a bit, okay? Yes, Mulder picked me up. Everything is fine. Her mother chattered on until it made Scully's teeth hurt, just to listen. Mom, I've gotta go. I'll call you tomorrow, okay? She clicked off the phone and curled up with it under her chin. Her bedside clock read a quarter to six. She forced her eyes to stay open, despite the fact that her hands twitched from fatigue. Mulder would be calling soon to make sure everything was all right. Every Friday, he called after her treatment. Must be awake for that. He would call, and she would say she was fine. Just like always. If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there.